We're going. We are we're rocking and rolling. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh Cat was Yala giving me 60. 60. Cat was giving me static and she said, What is that? A two finger pour? Well, my uh my uncle, love him to death. He always measured two finger pours like that. So okay. Two fingers, right, guys? And oh, oh, here. Got a good one for you guys. Ooh. Yeah. Gotta love that strawberry watermelon seltzer water. Just a few more weeks and I'll be actually cracking a real cold one. Okay. Thank you guys for joining us. We Holy cow, we got some check-ins. Yeah, I was just going to say, we have a bunch of people checking in. They know the routine. They know what we're doing here. I think I can pull... Oh, hey, guess what, guys? I just popped up in an email notification there that uh, right now, Live Yawa Dog Training Podcast, episode 60, is live. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. So, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, this in this beautiful little special decanter is uh, Blanton's. Blanton's. I don't uh, Blant Blanton's. I don't drink it very often, but that's what I am drinking this evening. That's it because it has its own little special little something something. You know what I'm saying? Stopper topper. So we've got people checking in from Pennsylvania, California. Yes, Kelly. Thank you. Michigan, Iowa, Ontario, Canada, South Dakota, Ontario, Canada, California. We have strong representation from the 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 family to the north. Yeah, a lot of northerners, but a lot of Californians too. Mm-hmm. New Jersey, Nevada. Wisconsin, Colorado. Kelly, thank you. I already made sure that he was recording. <laughs> we got uh, says uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, keep rolling, Jersey keep Shore, rolling, Detroit, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Enrique and Benelli from El Salvador. Hey, Florida. Brisbane, Australia. What time is it in Australia? I mean, I'm guessing. I it's feel like late. you're on the other side of the world, so I want to know what time it is there. Let's see here. Charlotte, North Carolina, hey, Maine. Sir, what's the current time in Australia? Alabama, North Carolina. It's 8:34 p.m. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it says Charlotte. I don't think that's what. What? What is the current time in Australia? In Canberra, Australia, it's 10.34 a.m. 10.30 in the morning. It's morning time. Well, that says Canberra. I'm guessing Canberra is in Australia. I don't know. Morocco, it's 10.35 a.m. 10.35. So, yeah, there we go. Hey, hey, hey. That's cool. Okay, I was expecting like three in the morning or something, and I was was going to be like, holy cow, you're cray-cray. That's a fall right smack in the dab in the middle. Like, it's three o'clock in the morning, the middle of the ocean right now. Yeah, but th- that actually works out pretty good then because if it's 7.30 in the evening here, 10.30 in the morning is a reasonable time for somebody on the other side of the world to also tune in, which is cool that we can have people from all over the world Heck yeah, tune in with us. So. Absolutely it is. Awesome. Um, somebody said that they... I've got to try and find it again. Maybe. That they said that they loved our family pictures that we just posted. Ah, thank you. I loved them too. Um, 
she what love bug photography what's her name though my love bug photography yeah, 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 yeah. on instagram no, she, i understand what she does a great kelsey. job kelsey kelsey yeah. that's yeah. I, I couldn't think of her first name kelsey does an absolutely fantastic job we kind of had like a another family photo event in between this and that and it was like called kelsey and said hey can we get in she's like oh my first availability is like now well, we kind of wanted to take some family pictures halfway in between there, and they turned out bad. They were not as good. And we've used Kelsey for my maternity photos last time. We used her for newborn baby Aiden photos, his six-month photos, his year photos. And then I dropped the ball and did not plan far enough ahead to get her scheduled for his two-year-old photos, family photos, getting ready for you know, sending out Christmas cards. So we went with a different photographer, kind of, and you you know how uh, sometimes you don't plan ahead and then it comes around and bites you in the butt. Now I'm like, Kelsey, I'm going to book out everything for the next year so that we don't miss this opportunity again. And sometimes I feel like that happens for our training program and our puppies as well. Yeah. And you feel bad. I mean, it's like, Sorry, we legitimately only have a limited number of spots available, and I understand that you didn't plan ahead, but who'd who'd have thought that you would need to book your training spot eight months in advance? Not me. I'm telling you. I didn't think about it in the sense of having to book our photos that far in advance, so um, I will plan ahead in the future because, you know, planning and things. Planning and things. Well, and, yes. and getting what you want and not just having to settle for what you don't want. So anyway, we digress. We do. But the uh, there's a couple things I wanted to mention here. Uh, the folks that are here right now, I'm going to say are fans and probably fairly loyal fans. And we strongly appreciate you all for that. And one thing that I want to say, you probably saw any of you, you follow us on the gram Saw a little hoedown go down, if you will, uh, this last week. It was one of those deals where, you know, we are 100% about teaching and and showing real situations. And I'm sorry, folks. Anybody that is here right now that is watching that has the impression that everything in life is sunshine and rainbows, I mean, it's just an unrealistic, it's an unrealistic thing, okay? So... Not I only showed, for people, but also for dogs. Yeah. And not only for dogs, but also for people. I showed a live video training session because I like to bop in and say, hey, guys, this is really what's going on. This is really what it looks like. And got fairly well berated for the fact that the dog didn't look happy and that I um, I made a, a physical correction in the session. Okay, folks. So I took the dog's muzzle. Oh. Like I, get this, to, I get to be the dog. Right? And went, ah, no. And then put a bumper back in its mouth. And people are like, oh, my goodness. That was the absolute. Abuse. Yes, Abuse. I'm a dog abuser now. Yep. So, and people are like, if he does that on camera, I can only imagine what he does off camera. I'm like, no, folks, this is what I do on and off camera. And I'm showing you so that you can see realistic training situations and how dogs act and how dogs behave and how we have to work through that. And so it was a bit of a struggle now. And I think there is a little bit of 
maybe misconception that that was how she was being taught or that was her first session or that she yeah, there doesn't were a bunch love of comments to retrieve to begin with. And we're just trying to polish that retrieve so that it's like a puppy that knows how to sit or a puppy that knows how to recall when they want to for a treat. Peta control. Peta well, control, yeah. when they don't want to and a treat isn't enough reward, how are you going to get them to do that? More treats. No, that's not exactly right. So you need to have that other side of the reinforcement, the negative reinforcement to help make that behavior more consistent, more controlled, uh, more conditioned, and be able to hold the dog accountable. So it's the same with retrieving training. If they want to do it and everything's hunky-dory, great, they're going to do it. But in a situation where push comes to shove and potentially training for testing and advanced handling, you need that dog to be able to do those behaviors on cue when they're asked. Yeah. And well, he, even this here says, uh, because they were perfect and never lost their cool with a dog ever. Um, see, and that's the thing is it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a temper thing. It wasn't Losing a lost patience. a cool thing. It was just, a to have a physical correction of some sort you have there there was a correction because at the same time this is this was the misconception as i pop in and out and do these sessions and it was like hey i want to show you this if you want to see all of the steps that lead up to this point watch the videos that we have on youtube they show step by step what we're doing for the whole process and it's it's one of those things that um in this specific step she was showing some really good progression in one thing, but was struggling with another step. And I was like, okay, this didn't happen in the training series. And I want to show you what this looks like and how we're going to work through it. So we had already worked on hold. She's collar conditioned hold, fully understands all of those things. And I was talking, which always adds a level of distraction that the dog can sense. And she came back and she drops the bumper and it's like, okay, I've already taught you, you 100% understand, and you are making the decision not to hold at this point. So you need some reprimand for that. And the reprimand is extremely mild in the sense of it's just mildly annoying. I didn't have my collar and it's all of the things, right? The fastest thing I can do is go like this. Hey, ah, quit that. Put the bumper back in his mouth. Literally like that. The most important part of dog training. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. And so this is to each their own. Right. But when I was a little boy, I was being a turd. Right. And my mom, five foot, nothing, hundred and nothing ruled us four little boys. Like she was some kind of, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, she, she scared me. Okay. Growing up my mother, it was never. All right. I know I screwed up. Don't tell my mom. Not that dad was like a, a pushover, pushover, but it was just, it was one of those things that dad was like, okay, you, you know what you did wrong, right? Yep. Yep. I know. And it was like, mom, dear God, I have no idea what is going to happen or what the what punishment is going to be. What repercussion there's no, going to be. No idea. It's going to be bad though. I can promise you that. And there was one time I was a little boy being a turd, right? Little boy in a store. There's multi. I'm sure my brothers at this point in time were with us, and I can remember my mom. She took my little finger like this, and did this number. Just put a little bit of pressure there, and it feels uncomfortable. And she walked my little butt out of the store. Me going, ah, 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 ah. okay. So it was a little thing. It's not like she broke my finger, but it was enough to say. 
little boy, you are going to come with me and we're going to walk out of the store because you are making a scene and we're not going to do that anymore. Do you understand? With this smile on her face the whole time. And it's, it's one of those things that there are things that apply to life that are effective that are not in any way, shape or form abuse. Now, at the same time, I hope that these folks that were as adamant about accusing, accusing me as an abuser um, are as adamant about actually accusing abusers as abusers because there is such a thing as dog abuse. And and true animal neglect out there. And the dogs and that bad. are in our care and are not no, abused. It, we are the farthest thing from it. Now, the last thing that comes into play with this, okay? This is a, this is a heart-to-heart, heartfelt situation where I'm going to talk to you guys as dog owners, okay? I get to see this more and more as I have a little boy, right? He is my child, okay? Um, I view dogs slightly differently, and don't misunderstand me here. Don't misquote this. Don't miss what is going on here. Dogs are part of our business, and they're very much part of the family, but in order for us to grow and breed the best quality short hairs that we possibly can and push the edge of what is available to you as a I don't even want, I'm not even going to say the C word here, okay? But as a new family looking to provide a forever home for one of our dogs, we want to be in the top tier of the best producers from family companions and hunting companions. And um, that involves a few things like trainability and natural ability and cooperation, excuse me, and the ability to put all things hunting and family into one package and do it amazingly, all right? So that is our strive. And in order to be able to do that, we have to make hard decisions and say, you don't make the cut to better what we have. And we say, we're going to find you the right family situation for you where you get to hunt and do all your things, but you are not breed worthy. There is such a thing, okay? Now, you take a dog that I have now set put in this quality of home, which is all of you guys that are watching here, right? You've got your pet dog, part of the family, extremely important, and usually one of the only, the only one that you have, if not, maybe you have two, okay? Very important here, and we understand this. And you say, I want Sparky to be able to do said things. And I say, okay, Sparky can do these things, but it's going to take X amount of time, right? It's going to take a certain amount of time. We talk about those things, and there is some point in that process that these dogs are going to be a little bit unhappy or I don't even want to say unhappy. There's just times where they say, I don't really want to do this because it's not exactly my idea and it's not as much fun as just screwing off and doing my own thing, okay? The reason that the dogs come into us for training is I don't remember the last dog that's come in that's been perfect, No, right? The last dog that's come in for training that is not needed to training right? People come and bring dogs for training because they need training. There's either obedience issues or hunting issues or both, or they're puppies and they're just turds. So they have a combination of all the issues wrapped up into being a puppy. Okay. That's just life. And so the dogs that come into us, we utilize positive reinforcement and we teach all of the behaviors. And once we have a strong understanding of the behavior, we move into some form of negative reinforcement 
And that says, okay, now that you know how to do this, we're going to make sure that you can consistently and reliably do these things in all situations, which when your focus is pulled to a different situation, you are actually in that spot there saying, this is more important to me. We need a way to pull your focus, the dog's focus here, back to us to say, hey, hello, over here, pay attention. And when you have the dog's attention again, you can reinforce those things. Now, once we get a dog to the point, everybody's first question is, when can I stop using the e-collar, right? Okay, so in order to be able to do that, we cross from positive reinforcement to negative reinforcement, and then we're using negative reinforcement, and this is a timing thing that makes this change, okay? Then we move to positive punishment. And I know the word punishment sounds bad, but we have a dog that's shown they fully understand what's going on. They know how to do these things. And then we move into a dog that is now been taught, hey, I I have something here, usually an e-collar. I can pull your focus away from the distraction back to me. Okay. Then we say, hey, here or sit or whoa or whatever the, the, the specific task at hand is. Now, you can do that and you can do that reliably and you're doing it every single time we push the button, you do it perfect. Everybody is hunky-dory. Now we want, because you want, all of us want to not necessarily have to use the collar on a regular basis. So now we move into positive punishment and that is you get the opportunity to respond to the task at hand. We say here, we say sit, we say, whoa, whatever it may be, place, kennel, whatever your cues are, whatever your ask is. They don't do it. And then you say, all right, here are the consequences. And that's where that line is drawn. And then when dogs learn where the consequences are and how to avoid them, then you have a dog that responds without any positive or negative or any of those things involved with any of it. It's just, hey, here. And they go, I know how I can avoid anything bad happening by doing it. So all of these things are wrapped up into, and sometimes you see a dog with its ears down a little bit or its tail down a little bit through that learning process. And I rambled and rambled and rambled. But now you know the rest of the story. Good day. And where I... Where, where I, this the, was going... I think this was going 100%. Was, where this was going was... Ethan digressed. During this process of showing real training situations and people having a uh, having a problem with it and berating, that involved Google reviews. reviews. All right, so we got a whole bunch of Google reviews that were one star. How dare you, animal abuser? So all I'm asking is if you guys have the opportunity to go to Google and search Standing Stone Kennels, and then drop in a review of what you really think of us. I'm not asking for you to make something up. Just throw a review in there of what you really think for us or give us the number of stars you think we're worth. We would really appreciate it. Yes. So No more rambling. Sorry. You're like, to- oh, we're just going to go do the review if he'll just stop rambling. Yeah, right. That's where I was going. So we have a super chat from Aaron Mumblu. Have another drink, he says. Ethan, loving the videos from the guy with the pink gun channel. Ah, cool. What is your go-to coffee brand? Keep up the awesome work. Okay, so that's a that's, that's a cool question. We are, um, honestly, up until very recently, I have almost exclusively drank 
Kroger brand private selection, I think. Is that what they call it? Private yeah, selection. private selection. So Dylan's Kroger something, something. Can you order it online? Yes, but I mean, if you have your own personal grocery store, like, I don't know, there's Hy-Vee, there's Dylan's, there's Fairway, there's Price Chopper. I'm sure they all have their own private labeled coffee. <laughs> and that's what we have been drinking. Store brand, um, and it's flavored. Either vanilla, hazelnut, or caramel truffle. I go with the cinnamon pastry. So, which when- tastes like you just ate a you just drank a cinnamon roll it's in delicious. a coffee. I'm um, sure it's not my favorite, but um, but when he doesn't get up early enough to put the coffee in the coffee pot, Mama gets to pick what coffee we have, and I don't complain often. Except for right now. I'm glad you enjoyed the videos, though. We got another one that's, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit. So sorry about that, folks. I'm done. Off the box, okay? <laughs> so um, all of that being said, though, we do have some stuff in the works with a custom coffee guy. It's a, a really cool guy that I met down in Texas, and he has extremely good coffee. He has bold and you know, flavorful black coffee and there's some milder coffee and there's some, you know, in betweener coffees and he's working on some flavored coffees. Now, uh, I would say as far as quality goes, the, um, it's super like, I don't know. Some, sometimes I've tried fancy coffee from people, right? This is like micro brews. Okay. And, those things, it's like, oh yeah, we brew our own beer, and you try the beer, and it's like, okay, I'm glad you brew your beer, but this is horrible, folks. I'd rather just drink something, what, whatever, right? I mean, it's just part of those things. It's this guy is good, and he has stuff like down to a science. No matter what type of coffee you want, they've got some kind of roast rolling for it. It's a one-man shop, so you know quality control aspect of things are there. There's nothing lost in translation. And he has, um, I, I believe it was Brazilian beans that made, it was like a super light roast. And I, I don't want to sound like a, a pansy coffee drinker, but I'm not all about standing a spoon up in it and watching it and you can just stay there. If you like that, there's coffee for that. Some coffee that I've seen, it's overly acidic, right? And it's like, oh, that's bitter. This is horrible. He has stuff that's light and not, and it's it's good. So there's um, we are moving that direction. It says bold and confident coffee. <laughs> bold and confident coffee. I like it. So, um, but that will be something that we're going to try and work with him. You know, just, I mean, he's a really cool guy. We're going to try and work with him from a um, essentially dropship side of things. So we'll have that up with some special flavors and some plain, you know, Bold roast and medium roast and black as night and whatever kind of coffees. So, great question. And I'm glad you're enjoying Ethan's. I got some fun ones coming up. So, you especially stay tuned, because y'all. I've been getting to help him shoot some of these pigeon videos, which you all know how much I absolutely love his pigeons and that whole side of him and the project and the hobby that is. But The last video that I helped him shoot was really, really hilarious if you haven't seen it because um, it was about his pigeon loft. So no more spoilers on that. You'll have to go over to his channel and check it out and uh, put a comment in there. If you watch it and you think it's hilarious, um, give like cat a thumbs up because I was the videographer for that beginning part. So 
It's pretty funny. We do have another super chat, though, from Patrick Baxter. New GSP pup on Saturday. Breeder feeds pro plan puppy. I bought large breed in preparation. Do I need to slow transition or am I safe just switching day one? So that's a really good question. And I would recommend the large breed puppy formula over just the regular puppy formula because we definitely don't want your puppy growing too quickly. Yeah. Explain Um, large breed formulas versus standard breed. Standard puppy formula. So typically it's um, a matter of the amount of calories in that food which relates to fat and protein content. And we don't want our large breed puppies growing too quickly because what can happen is their bones will grow faster than their ligaments and then their legs can kind of bow in um, and they can have some developmental issues. I don't know what it's actually called, but I always refer to it. I'd heard it called hockey foot. And when I searched that, I don't ever find that, but they, they look like this. Like it's a hockey stick, you know? I mean, that's how their legs kind of turn in and they're all bowed out and it looks bad. So switching- it is bad. Yeah, switching to the large breed puppy formula would be my recommendation, but transitioning slowly would be ideal for not only your puppy's transition home, not just completely switching food so that they continue eating well um, away from their litter mates, but also so that their stomachs don't get excessively upset and you have, you know, stress stool and things like that happening. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. adding a probiotic through that transition phase as well, uh, daily probiotic would be something that I would recommend. It's always a good idea. Uh, Probiotics, healthy gut is... See, I don't know. We've even seen from a, this is off topic, but it, it goes hand in hand. It's like uh, probiotics, when we have dogs that struggle to put weight on, even just throwing them probiotics for a week or two weeks helps kind of get their gut back in order so they can actually process the amount of food that's coming through. So probiotics are just good. They, they're good for people. They're good for dogs. I give them to the pigeons. So, you know, um, Anything and everything can benefit from probiotics. Anything is better than nothing when it comes to that, but there are better brands than some, some are better than others. So not all are created equal, but anything is better than nothing. Let's, uh, there we go. I got that out right, I think. So um, this was kind of an interesting question from Mike Rivers and one that we got before in an email. Um, Yawa stupid product question. What is the best way to clean the waterer? I'm about to order a couple. Would vinegar work? So good question. Um, We actually got asked about how to clean them in an email, like I was saying. And you definitely want to rinse them out. Vinegar would not be a bad option. And just make sure that it's rinsed really well afterwards. Um, We talked about um, using Effersan to spray them out. Remember? What waters are we talking about? People. Oh. You see what I'm working with here, right? Come on now. Aluminum waters on the Standing Stone Supply Store. Yeah. A a little bit of- (laughs) Who has pregnant brain? It's been a long day, folks. It it has been a long day. Okay. (laughs) So uh, the waters that we sell on our website, if you didn't know, because I didn't a couple seconds ago, (laughs) we have an online store, standingstonesupply.com. Check it out. Um, anyhow, so the water's on there though. Yes, they're completely enclosed type of deal and it is gravity. What, um, if you were worried about that, you could splash a little bleach in there, shake it around. That's going to kill any bacteria. 
I just typically let them, um, I just leave, dry them out and they're fine. I mean, there's never any issues with them. Um, the other side of it is the, they get dirt and leaves and not leaves, but dirt and mud and crap in them. And if you fill them up and you kind of rinse them and then just turn them like a, you're holding on to that little layer there, you shake it around a little bit and then turn it, cock it a little bit, water will come out and everything will rinse out fine. I've, I've never had any issues with that. So, but they hold just over a gallon of water. It's, uh, and then they flip up. So the water drinking portion then flips down. It, it's a, it's a solid piece. So you manually flip it up. There's no actual flip ups, but they're extremely durable. They hold the water, they keep the water cool and you can tip them up. They don't slosh all over the place. You tip them down, let dogs drink out of them. It's absolutely fantastic. So they're a very, very cool product. There's a few other on the market that are similar gravity flow style waters and they all suck. And I say that lightly, okay? I don't go out of my way to create over-engineered products, but when there is a need and the only options are crappy, you have to step it up and you know Which take one for the team. We honestly have been using these waters for years and just- Years and years and years. Finally, we're like, let's offer them on our store because they work better than anything yeah. else we've tried on the market. Um, Patrick said, even if the brand and ingredients are the same in the food, yes, you still want to transition because even if the brand is the same, the formula and the fiber content and things like that, which fiber content's really important as far as, um, super important, how the dogs transition and digest those foods differently. Um, so I would ask the breeder if you could get, you know, a few days worth of food so that you don't have to necessarily buy two bags of this food and then only use a few days worth to help that transition period um, from your from your breeder so that you don't have to have two bags that one of them you're only going to use for um, a few meals transition wise. So mm-hmm. did, did he say what the type of food was from the breeder? Yeah, Purina puppy. I'm sorry. I so what I was asking. <laughs> Guys, this week's Yawa is Ethan Rambles and Cat Answers Questions. Change the title real quick. (laughs) Real quick. Um, But I wanted to mention what we are here to do today is um, we have our online. (laughs) I totally know what you're going to do. Okay, I won't. So. What we are here to do today is invite one of our patrons from our online dog training community on Patreon to join us for this live Yawa because we have a goal that's set that every month that we have reached 500 patrons, we will ask one of them to join us on a live call to answer some questions for them. So patrons is what brings us together. I knew that was coming from the princess bride. All right. There it is. I knew it. I knew it. Um, so let's hop over to Patreon real quick because I asked for anyone that would be interested in joining us. We need a random number number generator. We need a random number generator. Okay. 23 people were interested. Of the 536 patrons that we have, which is awesome. And remember, 
thank a patron. That's how we're able to get this equipment, get the camera set up, have all these cables and things that allow us to go live. And um, we couldn't do that without our patrons. Well, it helps pay for the satellite dish we mounted to the water tower in town. Just our saying. very own personal internet. It is. It's a it's a direct string here. Okay. So, so how many folks we got? Anybody else that's a patron that's watching here that missed this post? Go on. If you are interested in the live calling in here, yep. I'll give you a second. You got like there was uh, a post that I made about live Yawa sixty on the community posts. Mm-hmm. Saying that we'd be going live today, Anybody and if else, you wanted we'll to you join, till, we'll give you till eight oh seven. Two minutes. Two minutes. Eight oh seven, and then I'm going to hit the generate button, and we're going to count. Ethan's one of the many reasons I watch every week. <laughs> Don't encourage him, but I'm, thanks, Whitney. I'm I'm glad you enjoy. I'm glad you enjoy. I am going to say uh, thank you. <laughs> I ain't got anything else to say. Well, here, let me pull up a question while we're waiting. And one more time. So Chris McPherson said, can I use the word bed instead of place? I'm going to tell you right now. Is there more to that? No, that's the question. Okay. You can use any words you want. The thing about it is dogs inherently do not speak English. Um, we do, or in any of the other, I don't, I don't know who all is watching. There may be a, a secondary um, language. Yeah, I know that. Um, English may be a second language to some of the people that are watching. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. So, Use whatever verbiage you want. Some people have said, I use all German words for my German short hair. Um, not necessary, but cool. If you want to, it's it's all up to you. So are we there? In, nope, nope, in nope, just nope, a minute. Nope. But I wanted to mention, um, yes, whatever cue you decide to use for where you want the dogs to go, whether it's place, kennel, bed, um, settle, I've heard lots of different cues used. As long as you're consistent, that's going to make things easier for your dog. Because like Ethan said, they don't speak English. They don't speak, a, you know, normal communication language. So the fewer words that we can use for them, the easier it's going to be. And the same behavior is basically what we're asking. We're asking them to go somewhere, whether that's jumping up in the back of the truck, going on a dog bed, going on a platform, kenneling up in a blind, um, going in their crate, going in their dog run. They're going someplace that's got some boundaries and we want them to stay there. How many other cues do we utilize uh, for more things? I mean. What do you mean? Are there other cues that we use that would be repeated? Like, because place we utilize for multiple things, right? Dogs are. Kennel. Are kennel, excuse me. The place that they are going. Holy cow. Holy oh, never cow. mind. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you got? We got one more. One more person. <laughs> Holy cow. One more, guys. Um, so we use kennel. That means any place the dog is going because dogs are good at differentiating between places and situations and what you're asking. They get that. Are there any other cues that we utilize in a similar type fashion? That's what I was trying to think from, uh, ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I can't think of any, um, verbal correction. Ah, ah. 
yeah. means you are doing something wrong in that situation or that situation or that situation or that situation. So they're all different. We don't have a get off the couch, stay out of the garbage, no counter surfing, burger, burger, burger. We don't have any of those things. It's all, ah, quit. You know, it's just growly. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what you say. Okay. Do we have any other? We're there. We're there. Okay. So, We're there. My name. We need 25. One through 25. Are you ready? Yep. Drum roll, please. Generate. I can't see what number it is. I need to know the number so I can count. 11. Okay. Counting from the top. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, Jason DeCock. Which is actually who we had drawn. What are the first odds of that? Last Let's see. time, last month. Let and, me do some math. And they were quick. not able to join because uh, Mallory was unavailable. So Jason was like, ah, just pick somebody else. So we need a quick check in. Are y'all they, here? They are. I saw them mention that they're here, especially because Olive is running her natural ability test on Saturday. Oh, so yeah. congratulations. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, exciting. So if you guys are here, we need to, um, let us know that you're ready and we can give you a call. What are the odds of that? I have no idea. Million to one doc. Million to one. I don't think it's that bad, but it's better. It's better than that because there was only 25 people. So, I mean, but to get pulled, uh, see, they didn't get pulled first last time. Did they get pulled first last time? Yes. What? Yes. We are here. I just got the okay. confirmation here. Perfect. So then we can call them now, right? Is we call we them? Are. It's uh it's their their free time for a few minutes here. Let's see if we can bebop them in here. Hey guys. Hi Mallory. Hello. Can you hear them? Hello. Oh Jason's here too. Hi Jason. <laughs> there we go. Hi. Can everybody else hear yeah, them? How crazy is that for the second week in a row? Yeah, second Yawa <laughs> live invite. I'm glad you guys were able to uh, join us this time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you, everybody, too. That's awesome. Thanking patrons. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the real question so, is, why yeah. did you pass last time? We're gonna put We're going to put some people on the spot here. <laughs> Just audio, just audio, buddy. No, no, no. The, yeah, the, the video call yeah. is coming next. Maybe and we need to see. Yeah, we need to see your special talent. That is what this is all about. <laughs> so the Bluetooth through the car, Jason just turned off the car, so we didn't even hear your joke. Oh, <laughs> oh well, it wasn't that funny. So <laughs> you'll, you'll have to go back and watch the Yawa over again. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Okay, so what kind of questions can we answer for you guys? I know Olive's getting ready to run her natural ability test on Saturday, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah so um, our I think right now we are trying to do tracking. She is having a little difficulty with that, and I think that definitely we need to send you over a video for it. Um, okay. But what are your, during her training with you guys, what 
types of cues did you use for her to track when she was training? So honestly, again, like we were kind of talking about in the last question about kennel, bed, whatever, whatever cue you use, it's really situationally oriented for her in that situation where you're coming up on a feather pile, you know, you're at that track, you're letting her go. I use look. Other people use track. Some people use find it. It truly doesn't matter what word you say. You could tell her to fish for all olive cares, but the situation of coming up on that feather pile and making sure that she's on the downwind side of that um, and settled down and focused before you release her is very important. And taking a few steps, that is something that you can do. Don't just stand there with her collar in your hand and then tell her track. And she's like, huh, what are we doing, mom? Right. So you want to make sure she's focused. She's acknowledging that scent. You take a few steps with her and stay on that downwind side. Your judges at the test are going to tell you, here's your feather pile. Your pheasant went off this way. So if the wind's coming across this way, you're going to want to make sure that you keep olive on this side. Because if she ends up getting on the upwind side of that track, she loses all that scent and then she's lost. And unless she just luckily comes back to you on that downwind side again, you're, she's going to struggle to pick back up on that track. And then most likely she'll break off into a search, which we want to see a nice focused track out of her where she continues expanding through, um, you know, a focused direction, not just a willy nilly search. Now I do want to throw out as one thing, cause you specifically asked, what did we use in training? It's, Honestly, in that situation, she is more focused on whatever she is smelling than even anything that comes out of our mouth. So there's no specific word that is used. It's just, you know, more or less, okay, yeah. Now, applying a specific <laughs> applying a specific word can kind of help, but the track is the most inconsistent and least reliable portion of the test because wind changes and the pheasant moves differently. Sometimes it runs off quickly. Sometimes it flops and flops and flops. And when it flops like that, it loses a ton of scent. So it's giving a big scent pad and then a big scent pad and then a big scent pad for the dog to follow. If you have a dog that walks off really, or a bird, excuse me, that walks really slow, it leaves very little because it's like, not. It's like those cats in those videos that you see like maneuvering through the cups in the hallway and they touch nothing. Yes. That's what happens, you know, with those pheasants. Sometimes they're being like super careful. So they're not leaving a lot of scent. So uh, then there's drastically less for the dog to follow. So as much as it is an accurate test of the dog's ability to understand and follow its nose tracking a pheasant. And stay focused. Yeah, It's just not as... I want you to be prepared to understand that it is a smidgen of a crapshoot in a sense, okay? Depends on the scenting conditions that day. Depends on what your pheasant does that day. It depends on Olive, of course, as well. You know, she could Can be... Can she stay focused or, ooh, squirrel. Yep, be a little excited because it's test day. So... Prepping as much as you can, but don't overdo it either. So your test is on Saturday. Today's Wednesday. I would say 
setting up one more track tomorrow and then give her a day off where she can rest, relax, decompress because everything for that NA test and for that puppy is all compiled into one day where they have to do a field portion. They have to do a tracking portion and they have to do that water portion and they have to do all of that over the course of an entire day. As well as be at a new location with lots of activity and new dogs and people and situations. It's a mental it's a mental thing and a physical thing. So now I will say, and Kat is definitely the expert when it comes to this game, but I have seen the most benefit out of dogs that have an opportunity to hunt a season and have the experience of tracking wild pheasants and hunting wild pheasants gives them the ability and even wild chucker or wild quail, all of those birds run and being able to learn those things. Any dog that kind of comes out of that, let's say, um, well, I had a few dogs that got to hunt this last fall. Like Thunder would be one. He will run sometime upcoming here pretty soon. I have him entered in a test in June. So okay. he's so running June. in June. It's one of those things that if he screws up his track, I would be extremely surprised due to the large number of pheasants he's had the opportunity to track in a wild, real situation where some ran fast and some walked and some flopped and all of the things. So he's experienced lots of those. Now, if you had the opportunity, which is what we typically set up for dogs, and I believe that she had the opportunity while she was here as well, we typically have a chance to set pheasants for hunting them. We put them out in the field, we let them run around, and we try and set up a more realistic or wild-like situation when it's possible, when we can get a hold of them. So if you had the opportunity for that, rather than setting up one drag situation, um, putting out a handful of pheasants and working and handling all of the things. So you're kind of putting together tracking and you're putting together pointing and holding birds and handling them properly and hunting with you. And you're kind of mixing all of the things that are important of multiple parts of the test together. Right. So for her, like we only had the opportunity to do one single pheasant just because she did get bit. So we had that whole month Mm. where she had stitches so that that was our only downfall uh but since then like we have been tracking but when we went for training so this is our second training because we just got back last week and she was having a little trouble she started because of the wind pattern but she still found it so is that something that they're looking for as long as they find it and they somewhat track or is it just they track it honestly doesn't matter if they actually find the bird Um, if they, because the judges are going to have a pretty clear idea of the direction that that bird went, the path that that bird took, and they're going to watch all of on that track. And when she acknowledges scent, if she just immediately breaks off and starts searching and doesn't really acknowledge any of this, randomly finds it and then randomly finds it, she didn't really track it. She just lucked out and found it through a search, um, but if she is focused and, you know, staying on that track until she loses it, they're going to give her points for following that track, even if she doesn't find it. And it depends, you know, okay. if she only acknowledges scent a couple times and only tracks for, you know, 20 yards and then breaks off and comes and stands next to you or then just breaks off and searches, um, you know, that's not going to look as good to the judges as a dog that stays focused on that track, continues to move forward progress and doesn't lose 
interest or focus on that, even if they don't end up finding the, the pheasant at the end. So, right. Right. So we did today was like her best track that we have ever seen her do. Jason did the tracking for it and she just, she totally followed the trail. She missed it a little and I called her back and she found it and she pointed it like she pointed the bird. Well, like our, our dummy, cause we have a dummy pheasant with scent on it and she pointed it and then she woed like she's supposed to. And then we let her get it. And it was just awesome. Just giving her that praise. So seeing that, I feel like even if we don't do it tomorrow, I think she's okay just because of how good she did today. But if you guys suggest doing it again, I think we should too. So like, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm nervous because we're leaving tomorrow. So to go up there. So you're using a dummy with scent on it, which is yeah. not the same thing as a track necessarily, but it right, does show, right. it does show nose work. It does show that she can follow scent, um, out to a specific area. Now, a drug dummy with scent on it is going to be, unfortunately, completely different than an actual running right. track mm-hmm. from a pheasant. But a dog that can focus and learn how to use their nose and follow that scent trail, that's a good thing. Having her go okay. out and necessarily point it, eh, but her finding it, that's, yeah. that's good. So if you right. think that you saw her best track ever... I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it again. No. Nope. Um, not okay. only are we, we don't want to overdo it as well as it's not actually a live pheasant or a live bird that she's tracking and let that percolate. Sometimes dogs get the most out of training and have the best results from that training session when they just get to sit on it for a few days. Um, because mm-hmm. we've seen it with dogs through trained retrieve processes, through woe training, through, just learning how to point birds. Speaking of that, remind me to come after we get done with this, remind me to come back to trained retrieve process and, and percolating and changing that up. Cause okay. I have something interesting that I, but, um, so she just had a great session. Let that sink in so that she isn't overdone on it. Doesn't get bored with it, anything like that. And then she can come in on her test on Saturday and hopefully all things go well. And she just, rocks it because she's like, Oh yeah, I just used my nose the other day and found this. And that's what I'm going to do today. That's a hundred. I mean, that's a hundred percent in it. And I will tell you right now, um, going into the test, I've taken dogs that it's like, man, you've killed every single track we've set up and you've rocked every situation. You make it look easy. You follow them to a T you're meticulous in the way that you move and everything is like, you're watching, you're, you're like following the string on the ground. That's the level of tracking we see in training. And then that dog comes to the test and whether it's overwhelming for them or their track was more difficult or they were just distracted or they were tired from all of the things or travel or who knows what, okay, that dog ends up getting like a one or a two instead of a four. And I'm like, I swear would have guessed, I would have bet money that you would have been the one that excelled today and you were the only one that struggled today. It's a, it's a strange thing. The tracks are, like I mentioned, that they're fairly unreliable and inconsistent in exactly what's happening. So 
don't be surprised if you don't see exactly what you saw before because it's it happens. It's just part of it. They're dogs. And, they're not machines. So yeah, exactly. That's right. what I was gonna say. They're dogs. They're not machines. And those pheasants are a track. You know, each pheasant, whether you get a hen pheasant, a rooster pheasant, it really doesn't matter. But those birds are all gonna do different things. They're gonna flap. Yep. They're gonna run. They're gonna sit there. And the judges are going to be like, run away. And then That's they're funny. still going to sit there. I mean, it's really funny to watch judges try and shoo birds off without <laughs> covering the tracks. They're like, psh, 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 psh. it's We, it's we do funny. anything and everything we can to try and get those birds to run off the way that they're supposed to. So I mean, You could make a video montage of judges trying to shoo birds. It would be pretty hilarious if you added the right music to it. <laughs> yeah, we should make it into a reel. That would be funny. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for that. Seriously. You're going to have to let us know how she does on Saturday, okay? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So we we also sent in her, um, we got her hips done, so we're just waiting for the results back on that. Awesome. Yeah, they said that her elbows and her shoulders looked really, really good. It's awesome. We're... Yeah, yeah. So we're just taking the steps. All the steps. That's right. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We're excited to see if anybody else comes on too. So. Perfect. Well, we will. Uh, awesome. We will stay in touch with you. Looking forward to hearing after this weekend. And thanks for being on the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Bye bye. Nice bye. Perfect. We have a question from. Don Fish Hunt. Oh, heck That was yeah. a super chat, so I want to get to that. And then, Hey, Don, how are you? Then we can come back to your reminder Deal. thing. Reminder. So, I have a nine-week-old GSP doing good on basic command. Was wondering when's a good time to start retrieving and wing scent training. So, um, question on what you necessarily mean by wing scent training. If you could give a little bit more explanation of what that question is. Um, but retrieving, that's something that you can start right away simply with that puppy. Um, just doing a little short tosses down the hallway, playing a little bit of tug. We actually have a video with thunder on, um, utilizing tug of war. I don't remember exactly how old he was in that video. I think Um, the thumbnail says this means war. I think something like that. Uh, but starting that process now is fine. Um, nine weeks old, they, um, still have a lot to learn. And typically what we see with, uh, young puppies, you know, you've had your puppy for a week. They do, a, you know, once they start figuring things out, they're doing a pretty good job here at the beginning. And then they start getting a little more bold, a little more confident, a little more curious and a little more mature. And they aren't listening quite as well as they seemed to when they were... There are a few bonds stronger than the one between a trainer and their dog. At Cornerstone. Sorry, advertisement. Stop that. Well, if you turn your volume down. Done now. But what you're probably going to see, which is normal, is for that really solid obedience that you're seeing right now to digress a little bit as your puppy gets older and hits 10, 12 weeks old. And that's when you need to make sure that you're generalizing that training really well so that that puppy understands that they don't only have to listen during training sessions or just learn to listen, you know, in the kitchen that they need to learn that they can listen out in the front yard or in the living room or 
not just at 8 a.m. in the morning during your training session, but 10 a.m. or noon when you're home for lunch. So generalizing that training will be really important as well as um, with that retrieving stuff. Did you put the link? Ethan's putting the link in the comments. I put the link. For that video on tug of war, which is one that I would recommend watching because tug of war is controversial, but it is definitely something that we recommend as far as um, starting really good natural holding instincts, habits, um, playing the game with us, building that cooperation. So, um, Also, it says the puppy is eating poop and liking to play with it. Okay, so... I'm going to say clean the poop up. Pick the poop up as much as possible um, to eliminate that opportunity for them. Some so. dogs just are 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 poop uh, poop addicts, poop poop addicts, poopers. There's really no good uh, um no good way to work around that I've found. I mean, there's some different things that they say where I haven't seen any of them to be actually beneficial. Some dogs just are the in the poop in the poop zone. So poopers. wings. He said wings in general. Um, So to get feathers and sand involved in training, right? Yeah. um, I mean, you can put wings on a bumper so they get used to having some feathers in their mouth. But um, we also have a video with Thunder showing, you know, like pointing a wing on a string. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we don't overly want to put too much emphasis on. Sure. Take your puppy out once. Do it. Get a cool picture or a little video and then say, okay, no more of the scent pointing or sight pointing, excuse me, because that's actually what we're developing with the wing on a string game is a puppy that sees that movement and points it. In the video that we did with Thunder, we actually show that he will point a little washcloth with movement on the end of a string because it's not about the scent. It's about the sight and that wing on a string or wings hidden in the grass or dead birds hidden in the grass aren't things that we want to put emphasis on our puppy pointing because we want them to point live birds. We want them to retrieve dead birds. So having birds out in the field that are alive, good. Having just wings out in the field to try and get your puppy to point those and find those things, not necessarily what we're looking to do, if that makes sense. Oh, also one quick thing. Jason said, are you able to talk to your dog during the track in the NAVDA NA test? Once you release them, you just have to stand there and be quiet. Every once in a while, the judges will tell you. They'll help you. They want your dog to succeed. They want your dog to do well. So they may say, okay, when Olive kind of looks back this direction, we're going to all take a few steps forward to get her moving along on that track again and try and redirect her that way. Um, They may even have you whistle or call her, but don't do any of that unless the judges specifically direct you to do that. Yep, 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 yep. We got, folks, we're about out of time. We're what do you got, about babe? out of time. There's, got, a, well, there's a couple other random questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Randomly pick one and well, I'll answer it because I don't think so. Come on, just pick one. I had something to talk about. Oh, right. Yeah, but, but the we, way that so the rate at which I'm vote, going. We, we need a quick vote. All right, quick vote. Do we want Kat to, to answer another question? Mm-hmm. Or do we want Ethan to ramble for a little longer? Ethan has good ramblings, but it good is up Good learning to rambling It's up to y'all. It's up to y'all. Okay. Everybody gets to tune it or chime in with their votes real quick. Yeah, there's a slight delay in yep. when things come back to us, so we'll give it 
a minute. Give it a minute or two. Because he's he's about out of bourbon, and I really think that we need to maybe like not let him have a refill. Hey, this answered the question for us. Cole asked a super chat, so I guess we're asking another question. hey uh, Cole Frimmel said, being a lab guy, we want our dogs to use their Ooh, eyes. Ooh, lab guy. I'm just teasing. Totally teasing. <laughs> we want our I dogs like to use their eyes. How do you correct a pointer that uses their eyes too much? Love mm. the channel. Keep it up. Super glue. So we actually talked about this with Bob once. Um, we did. We did. Which it was, a, uh, was it a video? I don't know if it was an actual video <laughs> or if it was a conversation. <laughs> Question, Ethan Ramble. Yeah, see? Ooh. See? Cat uh, rambling. Uh, we're going back and forth. Dang it. Vote for cat. Sorry, Ethan. Yeah. Um, but it's about half and half. I mean, come on now. We have Ethan. Aw. Ethan, 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 Ethan. It's it's about 70% me right now, but right think- now we got Cole. So I'm trying we, to see if I can find that video. I don't know if it was actual video or a conversation mm, that we were having with him. It might have been like it, that might have been the 3 a.m. conversation that we had. Uh, no, it wasn't. But no, no, it was not. So you have a short hair that's using their eyes too much. I honestly don't think that that's what ramble, 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 ramble. Woo. I'm down for a cat ramble. All right, cat. I'll <laughs> let you ramble, baby. Okay, so having a short hair that's utilizing their eyes is going to be really good for marking drills because short hairs naturally tend to want to use their nose, and they take they have a harder time taking straight lines for those retrieving drills that we've done with some of um, Clutch's videos. Mm-hmm. With the, we did, what was it? The walk back drill, which that one um, where the dog was. The dog moves, throw does not. Right. Mm-hmm. And that allows the dog to mark that and take a straight line out there. And then once they get to that area that they see, they can break down and use their nose a little bit more. Short hairs have excellent noses. So once they get into that area, their nose is going to take over. Now, we did that, um, what, what do we call that drill, the pie chart drill? Um, those are walking singles, but we just we, we had made increased them the difficulty. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. we did um, that walking singles drill with clutch and it was really cool and we learned so, so I, I much caveat see i i'm a short hair guy in case you didn't know which is not a retriever guy and uh i'm doing my best to learn to be a retriever and that's guy. what i was going to say is we learned so much from bob in that process of developing clutch from retrieving drills that we could do that we had never tried before because like ethan said we're we're short hair people we're we're not lab people and i, I do have to say sorry sorry one one super chat vote for cats like a hundred so all of the ethan rambles don't count for anything at this point <laughs> yeah that's right thanks chris validated my uh cat answering capabilities but we learned a lot from bob and that allowed us to utilize some of those drills for our short hairs that we haven't done before, which was an interesting experience. It was Beca- for sure. Because it showed us things in our own dogs that we hadn't seen before, um, which was some of that breaking down 
and not taking straight lines, uh, using their nose. Uh, and then and, I would say, yeah, go ahead. And then it's your, like it's Nick's, your, it's Nick's was one of those situations. Well, no, you can answer too. Help answer, but one of those situations was with Nick's. I'm like, let's do this with my old boy Nick's because you know he likes to retrieve, but he's nine. You know, can you teach an old dog new tricks? That first throw, I was like, he's on it, but he just kept going. He was like, this is too short. So he ran. I mean, we probably threw a 50, 60 yard retrieve and he a ran like short 200 yards. And then yeah, he, he tried to break down it. and use his nose. Well, there was no bumper there. So he could have done a better job of marking and using his eyes first and then using his nose. Oh, for sure. Whereas Vex, I feel like he shaded downwind on almost every, every single, single one. one. Yeah. Yep. And because he was trying to, he's using his eyes. He knows approximately where it is, but he's like, I'm going to be smart about this and just go downwind to begin and use my nose until I get there. Um, And then the really interesting thing, and that's where I want to continue doing these drills because Nix is nine, Vex is six. They've done other retrieving drills that aren't specifically Mm -hmm. these drills before. Um, And then thunder. Yes, that's where I was going with that is, you know, yes, you can teach old dogs new tricks, but they have a lot of habits and a lot of behaviors that we are conditioning against. You know, mm-hmm. they they have been conditioned for the last six plus years to use their nose, use their nose, use their nose. But their eyes are valuable, but use their nose. And with Thunder we started doing some of these drills the same time we were doing them with clutch and they're very similar in age. And wow. I mean, if you go and watch some of the videos we did with them, both thunder was very impressive as a retrieving dog, taking those lines, taking those marks and then getting there using his eyes primarily for all of that. So it's an interesting (laughs) thing when you work into Yes. It's a little salty. I'm not salty. Come on now. <laughs> mm. So um, it's an interesting thing, though, when you when you evaluate what the dog is, essentially, you have, when, when it comes into versatile dogs specifically, excuse me, sorry. So when you have a dog that is overly visually oriented, typically they lack pointing ability and when they're using their nose, they want to see things or they're trying to take out, they're trying to retrieve. And then if you go to the other end of the spectrum, you have a dog that is overly pointing based. They lack retrieving desire and, and all of, so it's, it's when you take the versatility aspect of things, it's smacking and trying to find that, that happy medium in the middle. And it's tough. And thunder is probably the closest thing that we've got. I mean, the dude points birds backs, super steady, awesome, extremely natural dog. And it's a video that we have upcoming on our channel, just so you know. Um, He essentially, he got to start his hunting season with the absolute minimum, okay? Absolute minimum. He is, he he had a gunfire introduction, he had a bird introduction, he was collar conditioned to recall. Those are the three things that you are required, according to a video that we put out before, um, to have in order for your dog to go hunting. And then there's a whole bunch of other things that are really freaking nice, but he had none of them, okay? And did extremely well all hunting season. Then I took him and sent him to a 
buddy of mine and said, here, hunt him. He's like, the okay. The rest of the season. Yeah, the rest of the, the preserve season. season in Iowa, actually. And he's like, uh, okay, so what does he know? I said, nothing. Have fun. Recall. Yeah, he recall. Knows how Just to recall. Keep him keep him close enough and he'll do the rest for you. And he's like, Man, I, I you sure you you're gonna wanna take this underdog home with you? I'm like, Yeah, he ain't going anywhere, Bubba. So um it's just one of those things that he's like I love Vex to death and Vex has got all the things and everything else, but I, we're always trying to move up and Thunder is sh- so far showing minus the fact that he chewed uh, he got bored and he was laying there and he kind of chewed, chewed on the, the trim around yeah, the, the trim. door or mm. around the window frame. Oh boy. Howdy. So anyhow, other than he that one mark his in his one mark in his book there, um, he's practically perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. But um, one thing that I wanted to ask about, because I just made an assumption on that question, which is one of those hard things when you're just answering questions and you don't, <clears throat> have a conversation over the phone you or know what assuming does. Yep. Or you don't have a video to go off of. You said, you know, how do you correct a pointer that uses their eyes too much? And I was making that assumption that this is in regards to retrieving, which I don't think using their eyes for retrieving is necessarily a bad thing. But if you have a pointing breed dog, that's utilizing their eyes too much instead of their nose for scent, pointing and the ramble rolls boom 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 then that can cause problems which is why we talk about you know not overdoing drills like the wing on the string even overdoing drills like our positive pigeon you know pointing drill we don't want the dogs the pointing breeds to become overly reliant on their eyes and not utilize their nose when it comes to actually pointing so i made an assumption yeah dogs that come in that we see have in fact put way too much emphasis on their eyes, it takes time to teach them how to use their nose. And it'll be like, throw something into the grass and they see it and they run over there and they're looking and you watch them run downwind and downwind and downwind and downwind and downwind and they haven't seen it yet. So um, they don't find it because they aren't using their nose. They're using their eyes. Yes. And one thing that I've seen... Um, come up a lot more recently is questions about dogs that have been using their eyes to hunt light, mm. whether that's a laser light or mm. the reflection off your phone screen. All right, Charlie, you in here tonight? I didn't see Charles tonight. Triggy. Yeah, Triggster. But that becomes kind of a neurotic habit, and the dogs really struggle to move away from that, especially if it has become very conditioned and you will yeah. probably struggle with that behavior their Forever. whole life because they'll be constantly Forever. looking for an opportunity to hunt that light and they'll see a reflection and it's game on, you know, like the reflection in the windows in the back here, they would be constantly focused on that, especially if there's movement Oh, yep. stop that. or like car lights flashing through their house. So, don't utilize those things as games. They may be kind of funny now, but they're going to create a neurotic problem in your dog as they get older. So just thought I'd throw that caveat in there since I got a couple votes to ramble. Somebody even said, You're I can't rambler. Wait. Somebody even said, I can't wait for a uh, drinking cat ramble. 
Oh, it's coming. She's a lightweight. She'd be halfway through this seltzer. Especially now after nine months of... uh, In your drinking days, you're a lightweight. One one and a half beers in, you're like, woo. No, I'm not. Yeah, okay. Hey, folks, uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in this evening. It was a lot of fun. Uh, It was a great way to end the day. I will tell you honestly, it was a long day. And uh, it was fun to get to have a couple drinks with y'all, answer some questions, and have... Have some fun, relax a little bit. It was it was a good evening. And spend time with people that appreciate us, and we appreciate you guys. So thank you guys for tuning in. I, I'm Ethan's out of bourbon. definitely out of bourbon. Yeah, and I'm not having any more. Not tonight. Nope. I'm the guy with the pink gun. I'm Kat the dog trainer. We'll see you in the next video, guys.